Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, chaplain, and more. Later, you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. We're in Revelation going to just very quickly look at chapter 7 and we're going to get into the first verses of chapter 8. Four words and I've given them to you on the handout. They are silence, sounding, supplication, and storm. And I've given you all of those right there on the notes so that you have, that's my outline. But while we're jumping over chapter 7, because chapter 7 is kind of a parenthetical chapter, we've gone from chapter 6, where we've seen the opening of the sails, and we'll go to chapter 8, where we have the last seal, the seventh seal open. But here are the seals, if you remember them. We talked about those last week. There's the white horse, that was the Antichrist, the conqueror. There's the red horse that came in and stole the peace, and they brought war. There was the black horse that brought famine. And then, of course, the pale horse, that greenish pale that brought pestilence. And then we saw the seals, uh, the fifth seal of the martyrs that were under the altar. And the sixth seal, the sun was blackened and there was a great earthquake. So now we have this interlude, this parenthetical chapter, and we have the 144,000 that are sealed. These are Jews. God knows where every tribe of Jewish person is. He knows where they all are. As it says in verse 3 and 4, do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. 12,000 from this tribe and 12,000 from that tribe. I'm not going to go through, even though there's some interesting things there, we're having to jump through. And then we see another group that will be mentioned in chapter 7. But the 144,000, these are Jews that accept Jesus Christ in this time of seven-year tribulation. And we're having this brief interlude where John sees in this time of God's trouble, he sees God's grace, and he sees God's mercy, and he sees all that the Lord's doing. And the purpose, remember, of the tribulation is to bring Israel to Christ. The work of these Jewish evangelists we're going to see is far-reaching. They do a, a magnificent work. You'll see in Revelation 7, 19 through 17, after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, people, tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. So we see who all make up this great multitude. And the scripture tells us that these 
come from the great tribulation. And God wipes away every tear. They are, their lives are sacrificed for the Lord Jesus Christ. They give their lives to the Lord. Many of them are martyred. But there's a multitude that cannot be numbered. So we're looking forward to a great revival. We're looking forward to a time because we'll have the two witnesses and we have the 144,000 evangelists that are going out and making a, a tremendous impact. Well, the seventh seal that we come into Revelation chapter 8 and verse 1, it contains the seven angels with trumpets. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. There is also the angel with the golden censer. We're going to be looking at that. The angel who had the golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it to the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So that's really where our message is going to be today. But I want you to see what the seven trumpets are. We're going to come back to them, and says in the seventh seal, it reveals the seven trumpets. And I think that this goes back and relates to those seals. Now there will be seven vials or seven bowls that will be in the last three and a half years. But I think all of these things are coming, but if we are still here, and I don't know that we will be, we are like these of Revelation chapter seven, sealed with the name of God on our forehead, and all of these things do not harm us. You'll see the devastation, but you won't be affected. That's what happened with Israel when they were in the land of Egypt while God brought the plagues. God sealed them. They saw the effect, but they were kept from that. So we will see in the first trumpet, there is they hail the fire and the blood. The second trumpet is the fiery mountain that falls into the sea. A third of the sea becomes blood. The third trumpet, the star falls. There is a meteor. Uh, that falls, and a third of the rivers turn to blood, and the fourth trumpet, the sun, the moon, and the stars turn dark. That's why I think that many of this is referring to some of that which we saw in the early seals, because you can see how they correlate, how they go back and forth. But there are also three woes that are pronounced. In verse 13 of chapter 8, And I looked, and I heard an angel that was flying in the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels are about to sound. And then we have the fifth trumpet where demons are opened up, the abyss is opened, and this angel, this great angel who is held, and I don't think this is one of God's angels, I think it's a demon that goes and unlocks the abyss that's holding these and these demon locusts are released upon the earth, something we've never seen the likes of before. And then with the sixth trumpet, we have 200 million demonic riders that rise up from the Euphrates. And some say because there are angels on the four corners, and as we'll get into that a little bit farther, 
into chapter 9, they're angels of the four corners. They'll say, oh, see, the earth isn't flat. It doesn't have four corners. And some that oppose God's word would say, see, the Bible's wrong. But that's not so. Think of a compass. Do we have four parts to a compass? There are various ranges, and we think of the world and being in various parts. And so it is describing accurately the way we know the world. And even though we understand the world is round, the Bible is still very much correct. Well, the sixth angel sounded his trumpet, and I heard the voice coming from the four horns of the golden altar that is before God. It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates, and the four angels who had been kept ready for this very hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. We see terrible devastation, terrible things that come. Well, the four angels of the Euphrates, it talks about in chapter 9, normally the altar is a place of mercy. But here God, and we will see that he responds to the prayers of the martyrs. The four angels, Scripture never refers to holy angels as ever being bound, but so that's why I think these are fallen angels, a segment of Satan's force that are now being freed to accomplish God's will, but to accomplish God's judgment. One of the four rivers that flowed out of the Garden of Eden, starting at Babel, was the Euphrates. This region spawned much of the world's pagan religions, much of the world's False ideas have come from that very area. And so it carries that idea that false religion is going to go forward and move as a great army. Well, the language is best understood as referring to this demon force that makes war the earth's inhabitant, that it will kill a third of humanity. But there is a promise, and we'll see this as we get over into chapter 11, because John begins to be a partaker in chapter 11, he partakes now of the scroll. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll, and he said, take it and eat it, and it will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many people's nations, languages, and kings. All of these things I've said by way of introduction because the little scroll will represent God's divine plan for the end of the ages. God's word is sweet to us that follow and is bitter to the world that opposes it. It's sweet to God's prophets and messengers, and yet there is a bitter side. There is always a side of suffering when you Follow the Lord, tribulation. When you live godly, tribulation shall follow. Well, some hold that this angel is Jesus Christ, but he is never in the New Testament seen as an angel of God. The book of Revelation shows Jesus Christ as the exalted Lord of lords, King of kings. And I think that as we see him as the Lamb of God, the exalted King, that's the best way that we understand him in this book. And so this angel that hands John this little scroll is not the Lord Jesus Christ, but a mighty angel who stands in the very presence of God. Now John is a participant 
along with the two witnesses. And the two witnesses, some of this is laying groundwork for what we'll look at, Lord willing, next week. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles, for they will trample the city for 42 months or for three and a half years. Now the temple, Herodian temple at the time of Christ, there was a wall that separated the court of the Gentiles from the actual temple. So John was instructed not to measure the court of the Gentiles because God rejects those that will reject him. And the unbelieving Gentiles are oppressing God's people at this time. But the measuring of the temple refers to the nation of Israel and the temple that will actually be rebuilt at that time in these last days. Israel will be restored and will have its temple that it will have its full faith. Today it doesn't have that. This faith is going to be centered around the new temple and eventually many Jews will come to Christ as a result. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, the kingdom of this world of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. That's the beginning then of God's wrath. We want to be familiar with our Bible because there's something about you hearing the preached word and reading it in the word that the Spirit of God works in a very uh, dynamic way. And sometimes if we let too much else get in the way, it removes and keeps the Holy Spirit from working in our lives like we like. So I think that that's why it's important that we really get in and, and study our Bible and pick it up, mark it, put notes so that you understand. Hi, give me a moment to update you with a bit of information. You can reach us now at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837, Valley Springs, California, 95252. Please contact us with comments, questions, or to receive handouts and printed material. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. I want to reread, if I might, Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. I'm going to stop right there. Lord willing, we can get through just four little words in these verses. Notice the first thing in verse 1. There was silence in heaven for about the space of a half an hour. Why? The seventh seal has been opened. If you remember, as we closed out last week, we saw that Christ had been un 
sealing the scroll, and that scroll was being revealed and people could see it. They were now understanding the things that God has. And now as they see the seventh seal, something amazing is happening. Something that catches everybody's eye. Something that catches everybody's attention. Remember around the throne of God, and I really belabored this a couple of weeks ago, how there was noise and there was lightning and thunders and the, all of the colors and around the thrones. And you have the four angels that stand there saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And you have the 24 elders that fall down and say, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. And they have the harps, and there's noise, and there's thunderings, and there's lightnings, and all of these things. And all of a sudden now, the seventh seal is open. Silence. Nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. When all of the praise of God and God's around God's throne, it's a noisy, joyous, heavenly, praise-filled place. And all of a sudden now, no praise. Quiet. Why? Because they see what God is about to do. They see the seventh seal and they see the judgment that's about to come. And it's awe-inspired. So that John is able to say that in our understanding, even though he's been transformed, and remember, we talked about when he says, after these things, after these things, he's showing us the progression. And now he says, about in our space of time, about a half an hour, no one is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. No one is saying, worthy is the Lamb. Only quiet, only silent. Because judgment is coming. They see the seventh seal opened and the seven trumpets. And they say, woe to the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Oh, dear God. Can you imagine that? Now, I've been in some prison yards where you could feel Something was happening and it got quiet because you knew something was stirring, something was going on, and you could feel the tension, and that's what I see from this verse. All of a sudden, quiet. Oh, what's about to happen? What's about to come? And then in verse 2, And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now the silence is broken. There is given the sounding of the trumpets. Now trumpets were used for many different things, but here they're used to announce God's judgment. In the Old Testament, they were used, the shofar was used to announce holy days, Days of special assembly, days of convocation, the scripture says. In the Old Testament, they were used to pronounce the arrival of a king. And when David came, there was the blowing of the trumpets, the blowing of the horns. And in the temple, there were the blowing of the trumpets in the temple and, and the majesty, and they were bringing in the glory of God. And so there were days when the trumpets would be blown. There were holy days. There were times of great political revival. But here it is God's judgments coming. And that's why there's silence. 
because only now the angels are proclaiming the judgment of God. Only now these angels, and, and you know what? If you look at every one of the trumpet judgments, you can see it in verse 7, the first angel sounded. In other words, he blew the trumpet. You can see it in verse 8. The second angel sounded. The trumpet is blown. Verse 10, the third angel sounded. The trumpet is blown. You see, And you can go all the way through, and you see that with every trumpet blast, judgment comes upon the earth. Now, if we thought that the seven seals were bad, these expound and show us so much more. But there's hope. There is great hope. Then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. Remember in the Old Testament, there was the, the brazen altar, the altar of sacrifice that was out in the front. And the priests would go and they would get some of the coals and they would put them into a censer. And then they would go into the holy place where was the altar of incense was. And they would put the coals from the altar onto the altar of incense. And then they would mix the incense with it. And that was a symbol going up before God of the prayers of the saints. If you remember in chapter 4, we find the 24 elders. They have carrying bowls that carry the incense of prayers of God's saints. And he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers, notice this word, of all the saints. You mean every child of God? That's what it says. I think all means all. I've had great theological discussions where preachers and different ones have said, well, all doesn't really mean all, but I think it means everyone. Your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. Judgment is coming on the earth, and your prayers make a difference. Your prayers go before the throne of God. You might think, I can't do anything. I was so encouraged yesterday. We had people out. We had groups out. Oh, thank the Lord that we were out knocking on doors. And we had those that couldn't be with us, but they were praying. And you know what? Just as important. Because the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Remember, the earthly temple was built after the pattern of the heavenly temple. And we have seen how Christ is moving as that great high priest. And we are seeing how this is going. And now this angel that has come and he's taken the fire off of the first altar and placed it onto the second with that golden censer that's held maybe by ropes or by chain, and then he's poured it upon this altar of incense, and the incense and the prayers. So the incense isn't the prayers, because the prayers are a sweet-smelling sacrifice to the Lord. Our prayers are sweet to him, like incense that fill the room, that smell good, that smell wonderful, the golden altar was before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints. Do you see that? The incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Your prayers matter. Judgment is coming. A judgment that quiets heaven, that no one is able to stand and no one is able to hold back. 
Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.